if you were to kind of work out a Premier League of the all-time um, worst or least favourite topics of conversation from a, from a church pulpit, it would be sex and money. I've probably got number two, which is money. Money isn't an easy topic to talk about in church because we don't always like to talk about it. Um, so I am just going to let the Bible do its talking and I'll share a few extra words, but most of what I'm going to say hopefully stems from the Bible. So let me just read one of the go-to passages when it comes to thinking about finance, money in the New Testament, and it comes from Acts 4 verse 22, and it says, all the believers, every single member of Breathe New Life Church, every single Christian, every single believer were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. So I was trying to process, what does unity have to do with money? And what does money have to do with unity? And when I do a message, I often, like, I often spend most of my time working out the title. <laughs> I just like a title. Today's is simply one word, money. Now, if you're making notes, you need to, um, you need to write money in a certain way. I think we've got it here. You need to highlight the middle three letters, one. So today's message is called money with an emphasis on the one. The believers were one in heart and mind. But I know what you're thinking. Turn to the person sitting next to you on your left and just think, would I be willing to share everything that I have with them? If you're online, look at the last person that commented on Church Online chat. Would you be willing to share everything that you own with that one person that that posted on church online or if you are at home the person in the room if you're at, at home on your own look at the chat who has just contributed would you be willing to share everything that you have with that person the answer probably would be I'm not sure because so many of us struggle to share money with our husband or wife or our closest, you know, family members. You know what? So many of us struggle to share money and be integral and one and whole with ourselves. We have, you know, ideas and goals with what we want to do with money. Or we say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to spend 25 quid on an Ando's takeaway. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, but I've done it. I'm not one with myself when it comes to money. If I was to give everybody in the room, I wish I could, but I can't, a thousand pounds... Every single person would spend that £1,000 differently. We're all different. We all have different um, skill sets when it comes to managing money. We all have different preferences, attitudes towards money. We're all different. So how do we bring all of that together under the banner of unity? I was thinking about the various different types of people, and I did a quick Google research, and I went on to moneyharmony.com. You can do this in your own time if you wish. But I found a personality, a money personality quiz survey what kind of spender are you we're going to do two questions from this this 20 question we're going to do it here live and if you're online um you can do this nice and easy because you can just put your answer in the chat it's a b c d or e we're going to do two examples here we go the first one is a is a dress rehearsal you'll get it by the second one i'm sure so we're looking at how would you spend your money in these scenarios 
when I really want to buy something that's not in my budget, which one applies to you? A, what budget? Everything will sort itself out, work out all right. B, I'd have a think. I'd have to think hard before giving myself permission to spend that money. C, I'll buy it whether or not I can afford it. Who cares? D, most of the things I want are not expensive, so I can afford to buy them, even if later I might regret it. E, if it's important enough, I'll tweak my budget. If it's not important, I'll forget about it. So you can, if you're in the room, you can just maybe whisper to the person sat next to you, which would be you. If you're on your own, you can just make a note or make a verbal or a mental note. Which one are you? If you're in the chat, put A, B, C, D, or E. Which one is more you when it comes to money and spending money that you haven't got? You want something, but you can't afford it. So what would you do? I would imagine there's there's a vast array of answers And we probably cover, even in this one room, we probably cover all of them. Let's try the next question. You've warmed up now. The next question you will have been asked before. And it says, if I won a million pounds on the lottery, my first reaction would be, and again, you can put your answer in the chat. I think this this feed is going out into the church so you can see the screen if you can't quite remember what I say. So A, if I won a million pounds, what would my reaction be? Totally overwhelmed. I would have no idea how to handle it. D, To start thinking about ways to make it grow and use it for my own enjoyment. E, to be wildly excited, realising that from now on I could buy anything I wanted. A, B, C, D or E. Which one? Make a mental note or turn to your neighbour. Who is it? Put it in the chat. A, B, C, D or E. If I won a million pounds. Now I'm not going to ask you to share with me or tell it publicly. If you want to go and do that money quiz, it's on, I think, moneyharmony.com. There's 20 questions. <laughs> so in case you're wondering, um, once you've done that survey, you get given a personality type. And I'm just going to whiz through them. I haven't got time to go through it in massive detail. But just to give you, you might be able to work out which kind of spender you are. You might be, according to this money coach or psychologist on this website, you might be an amasser. So you might be someone who loves acquiring large amounts of money. Um, I think it'll appear on screen in a second. You might be um, this person that wants to spend, invest, save. You love money. And actually, a lot of your self-worth comes from money. So if you haven't got it, you feel inadequate. Second type of people might be an avoider. <laughs> I reckon there might be one or two in the room. You struggle with budgeting. You struggle with paying bills. Um, you, don't know how, you don't know how much money you've got, how much money you owe, how much money you've spent. And you're actually feeling competent and overwhelmed by it all. So there's a reason for that. I'm number three, just to give you full disclosure. I'm number three, so a hoarder. You like to save and enjoy making a budget. I didn't realize this, but I am. You struggle spending money on yourself and others. (laughs) That's true for me. (laughs) And you like the idea of saving for a rainy day. Are you a hoarder, a saver like me? Or you might be a money monk, my favorite title. This could be you. I'm a money monk. Or someone in the room might be a money monk. You think money is dirty and it'll corrupt you and it'll make you bad. Um, you identify with people of modest means and not, certainly not with rich people. And you're uneasy and anxious at the thought of getting a large amount of money. Some people are like that. So winning the lottery, you'd be anxious about it. And I guess, I'm pretty sure there'll be one or two of these in the room. Fifth and final, spenders. 
Are you a money spender? So you enjoy buying things for you and gifts for others. You find saving difficult. You probably haven't got any long-term financial goals. I mean, you spend most or all of the money that you earn. You might be in debt, but just to give you a disclaimer, you could be in in debt in any one of those five personality categories, but probably more likely if you are a spender. So why why have I done all of that? Just to kind of break the ice. But also to prove a point that we are all different. We all have a different approach to money, a different attitude, a different um, way of dealing with it. So how on earth are we meant to be unified when we can't even unify with ourselves about what we want to spend (laughs) our money, when we struggle to unify with our partner or with our spouse? Um, Paul mentioned that I I, I spent three years working for CAP, and I'm going to be completely honest so Christians Against Poverty is a charity designed to get people out of debt. We run a cap money course here in this church. You could do it tomorrow if you wanted to. Sign up. They could do it one-to-one. I don't know about tomorrow. That's maybe a bit ambitious. But you could do it very, very quickly. We could turn that around. Um, you can just sign up on our website. But we also did, we used to run a service where we used to go and do home visits to people and actually help them out of quite considerable debt. And I was, I guess I was responsible for that. But this is, I haven't even probably told Steph this. I've just noticed my mum's on, the st- on here. This is complete open. I probably should leave my massive disclosures um, not to a live stream to the, to the world. But I was driving to those appointments, not knowing if I'd have enough fuel to get home. I was driving to those appointments, and every now and then my phone would be cut off because I hadn't paid the phone bill on my mobile. And there was a period of my life, not long before I got married to Steph, where I was um, lodging with a, um, uh, my friend had bought a house and I was basically renting a room from him. There were three months where I didn't make that rent payment. And it was just by his grace and his kindness that I, I, you know, he didn't kick me out. And this was while I was managing, I haven't told Cap this, so no, no, one, no, no one tell them. <laughs> I haven't even told my mom. <laughs> the, you know, there's reasons for that. Income and the various different things up and down. And I got married to Steph and things didn't get better. And there was a period of time in our lives when me and Steph, one of us, or even at times both of us, didn't have an income. We were newlyweds. It was difficult. Finances were a problem. And, and later on, I'll tell you a little bit the other side of the story. But you're probably thinking, no way am I going to unify myself with that guy. He doesn't know how to handle <laughs> He's a complete hypocrite. He's getting people out of debt. And he's in debt himself. <laughs> I'm sure God's grace is enough for me. But <laughs> we're all so different. What can we agree on? So the rest of this message, I'm going to give you three things that we can all agree on. Whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian. Whether you are, you know, you, you're somebody who's good at handling money or whether you're somebody who isn't good at handling money. Whether you are young and you have very little risk, financial responsibilities. Whether you have multiple mortgages and multiple businesses. Um, these three things, I hope we can all get something from. And we can all agree with because they all come from the words of Jesus. So from now on, Ben's words stop. Jesus is taking over this sermon. I'm going to sort of plagiarize and take words from the Sermon on the Mount, perhaps the most famous of messages. It's in, in Matthew and it's probably a collection of Jesus's sermons, his great works, his great speeches, his great messages. And when we get to Matthew 6 verse 19, Jesus talks about money. And he says this in verse 19 of Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in 
heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In this passage, Jesus talks about two different types of treasure. Treasure on earth and treasures in heaven. Two different types of treasure. So the first thing that we can agree on, because Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures here on earth. The thing that we can agree on, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you like me or not, whether you're good at money or not, we can give to the future. What does that mean? What I'm trying to say is it's not all about now. What we do now matters in the future. I'm sure you'll agree with me on that, even if you're not a believer. Jesus warns us not to treasure things on earth because we will lose them. They'll break. They'll get dirty. You'll drive the brand new car off the forecourt and it'll lose its value immediately. Things will get lost, stolen, broken. And I I heard it said in another message that our treasures on earth, our paycheck, our earnings, our wallets, our credit cards, our possessions, the things that we hoard and the things that we store up on earth is like foreign currency when we get to heaven. When you go on holiday, hopefully maybe this summer, maybe certainly next summer you can go abroad. And if you go to a European country, you might get euros. If you go to the States, you might get dollars. You get a foreign currency. And at the end of your trip, you're desperate to make sure that you've got rid of all of that loose change because you, you might exchange the notes when you get back to the foreign exchange. But really, what are you going to do with all that coins other than put it in a drawer and it'll never see the light of death? You'll have pocketfuls, carfuls, housefuls of useless currency. Possessions, our money, our paycheck, our earnings, our belongings will be of no use to you beyond the grave. I'll prove it to you if you don't yet believe me. In Psalm 49, verse 17, talking about not only rich people, but poor people, every people. It says in Psalm 49, for when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. We can give into the future we can give, I'm, not, I'm going to talk maybe for two minutes about, <laughs> I'm not a, on a climate change pulpit, but while I've got an, a microphone, I might as well mention that we can do things today that are far more sustainable for the longevity of the earth. We can do things rather than just blow and spend and accumulate and gather. Have you, I, I really enjoy, this is boring, I really enjoy going to the tip. <laughs> it's so satisfying. And the most satisfying thing happened to me a few days ago. I went to the tip. It was so satisfying thinking about kind of uh, my carbon footprint and my um, kind of, you know, how I'm looking after the earth. I was throwing some wood away and I was about to unload my boot and chuck it into this massive skip as you do when you go to the tip. And I was, someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'll have that. So my rubbish I loaded into his boot. It was so satisfying to think that I'm not just chucking something away for the sake of it, but he wants my junk <laughs> for some other project. I don't know. Um, but we, 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 when, when we want to throw something away, or when something's kind of out, uh, outlived its life here on earth, we just chuck it away. But there's other ways that we can deal with things like that. We may be able to sell it or donate it. Um, but actually, probably the first thing that we can do before we even get to that point, and this is the, the practical thing that I think we can all do, is think before we spend. Oh, it's so hard, but yet so simple. Because Amazon makes it so easy. I ordered something at 9 p.m. 
on Thursday. It arrived by 10.30 a.m. Friday, 13 and a half hours before the thought in my head to buy, and it's in my hand. How easy is it to spend and get something? Maybe what we could all do to be and to look after the future of the earth and the world is to think and make a decision. Do I need this now and do I need it in the future? And definitely, here's my cap money advice. If you haven't got the money for it, whatever it is, wait. Don't get into debt. Don't take out the credit. Wait. Save. Take the time to slowly build up the money to buy. I don't know why I had to do that dance, but to emphasize that you can give into the future of the earth, but you can also give into your future. Your saving benefits your children. Your saving benefits your future self. Your saving for a rainy day helps you the next time the next pandemic comes around. Hopefully we never have to get there. But the next rainy day experience, the next unexpected event, your saving prepares you for your future and your family. So take time, even if it's this afternoon, you don't, need to have to, you don't have to sign up for cap money, though I'd encourage you to. But even if you just want to take some time to map it out and work it out and to plan it out, how much I've got going in and how much is going out, that can really help you. And you might be thinking, I don't have, I don't have any spare income, no disposable income. Say 50p a week, one pound a week. Eventually you'll get and you'll learn the habit and the discipline and the process. It's, it's, I have to admit, this is, in some ways it's boring and not that exciting, but this could change your life. It could actually change the way you see your money. So the third way that you can give into the future is that you can give into your eternity. Do not store up for yourselves treasures here on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So the treasures that you can take with you to heaven is the kind words that you've said to somebody, the prayers that you have prayed for somebody, the way that you have patiently and um, lovingly led somebody and who doesn't know Jesus, to Jesus, over your life. And, you know, a work colleague, you've answered their questions and you've been there for them in difficult times. All these things are deposits, transactions in the bank of heaven. So the question is, how can you benefit others? Because so much about treasures on earth is about how much it can benefit me. How much I can fill my house and my car and my life with stuff. But how much stuff can you fill other people's life? And how much... Um, Good stuff can you bring into people's situations? Maybe, you know, you're like me. You, you have a tendency to do a five-hour Netflix binge watch. And that's okay every, from time to time. You know, we like to watch TV and just get lost in these worlds. But maybe the next time you're tempted to do that, make it four hours. And then the fifth hour, read the Bible and pray. Or, you know, do something that's an investment into your future. Go and do something for somebody else. Use the time that we... So you can convert your earthly treasures. So I'm not against anybody in this room getting a pay rise or a bonus at work. That's great. But the next time you get it, don't store it up for yourself. Say, okay, maybe I'll give 10, 11% to church. I'll just do that. And then what I'll also do, I'll maybe set aside three, 4% of that or five or 10 or whatever it is. I'll give it to charity. And maybe you'll start thinking, well, one day I'd like to be able to give something to somebody who hasn't expected it. I'd like to one day buy them a car. You can You know, you can save and put aside money for things or save for your future, for your children's university fees or whatever it might be. You can make a deposit. 
in heaven. Even when you do things for yourself, like you take some time off, I'm going to go on a holiday. Have a mindset that I'm refreshing myself here and now so that I can go and be a blessing when I get back. And I can go and make some deposits in heaven for them. So we can all do things and give into the future. We can all, it's not just about now what we accumulate, it's about the future. The next verse in Jesus' sermon, in verse 22, says, The eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. I'll let that sink in for emphasis while I drink. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, most of the New Testament was written in Greek. Jesus wasn't speaking in Greek, but it was written in Greek. So if you look at the translation, what that word unhealthy and healthy eye means, the word healthy eye actually means or implies generous. Question is, do you have a generous eye? And really interestingly, the unhealthy eye in the Greek implies stingy. Do you have a stingy eye? Let's reread that passage with those words in mind. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are generous, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are stingy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Two types of eyes. Generous eyes stingy eyes. So we can all agree that what we do today with our money matters tomorrow. And it matters in our eternity as well, not just here on earth. We can agree on that, hopefully, if if you're a Christian or not. What you do today matters for the life of the earth and the life of your family and your future. But the other thing that you might be able to agree on is we can all give to others. We can all have generous eyes. We can all have stingy eyes. But we can And I'm sure you'll all agree, it's better to be generous than stingy. It is, as the Bible says in other places, it is more blessed to give and to receive. And I mentioned my testimony at the beginning about how I was struggling with money. My and Steph's situation with money now is the best it's ever been. And I think that's because of God, as as that principle has worked for me. It's been better for me to give than to receive. And in the process of me giving, I am now receiving. And God has blessed me and Steph in ways that we could not ask or imagine in those short sort of, well, we've been married nine years now. So if you are generous, if you have a generous eye, it's a little bit like you're going into a dark cupboard, switching on the light, and suddenly you see all of your possessions. You're like, I've got a generous eye. The light is on. I can see everything. Look at all these things. Those things I bought last year. Have, have you ever done that? You kind of, you forgot what you bought in your wardrobe. You're like, wow, I forgot I even had that t-shirt. <laughs> or, you know, all that, what, that jacket. The light is switched on. You're like, wow, God, look at all these great things that you've given to me. Look at all this wonderful. I'm so content. I'm so happy. I just want to give it away. I just want to share in this great fun and this great blessing. But if you have a stingy eye, it's like the darkness is on. You can't actually see what you've even got. You can't see how much that God has given you. You can't see how many possessions, how much money, how good God has been to you. You, Therefore, you want to accumulate more. You want to get more. You certainly aren't content. You certainly aren't thankful. You certainly aren't showing any gratitude. Therefore, you hold on to it because you fear for losing it and you don't give it away. So we can all agree it's far better to be in the light and far better to be 
content and far better to be generous. You know that verse, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's a verse that we all quote as Christians and we're like, yes, I can take down any stronghold, any Goliath, any person and anything that comes against me. But do you know what the context of that verse is? It's to do with contentment. It's to do with you understanding and, and appreciating what you have. I can do it. Contentment is hard. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can be content. Because being content is hard. Living in a dark cupboard is hard. But if I'm content, then I'm more likely to give. And if I'm more likely to give, I'm more likely to be blessed. And if I'm more likely to be blessed, I'd be... Oh. You get it. <laughs> so we can all give to others. So when you're doing your budget this afternoon or tomorrow morning, create space for giving. Because sometimes it's very difficult when you go through your expenditure to say, well, actually, I haven't got any disposable income. I've just got, you know, I can save my 50p a week from whatever I want to do for the future. But I also maybe create some space for giving. Start planning for giving. Me and Steph, we, we, we write down targets and figures. We'd like to give that amount to church one day. I've got some ambitious plans of how I can give to church one day. And amazingly, I've been in recent, recent times being able to give amounts that I'd never even dreamt I'd be able to do because of what God has done. <laughs> so create space. And if you haven't got any spare money to give, it starts by being thankful and content. And that's where it starts. The third thing, <clears throat> and I'm nearly there. The, first, the third verse, verse 24 in Jesus' sermon. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. As you can see, two types of money. Sorry, two types of master. Money. Jesus is speaking at a time when lots of people had slaves and lots of people had masters. And masters would often loan out their slaves to other masters. And that slave would be loyal to their original master, but they would despise the new master because it's like I've got two bosses. It was, Jesus was speaking words that would have related and they would have understood. No one can have two masters. No one loves both. So you either love money, you'll hate God. If you love, it, it, well, maybe it doesn't quite work like that. I've just made that up. But it doesn't necessarily mean that if you love God, you hate money. And it doesn't go the other way around. But you know what I mean? You can't love them both equally. And what's great, thinking of two masters, God is the master. And I'll prove it to you in, in Psalm 24. Verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So we're talking about money today. We're talking about what unifies us. Your money is his money. My money is his money. Our money is his money. And a little bit like Paul was saying last week, it's not me or my, it's our world. It's our city. It's a shared experience. And we can do that. So you might not want to share with someone who's prone to getting in debt. You might not want to share with someone who likes to spend their money on useless things <laughs> that you might know. But we're one. And it's all God's. He is the one, the only master. And it's so helpful. Again, I heard this in another message that we need to think about ourselves as not as owners, but as stewards. And I had this thought when I was looking after Abigail recently, not from a money point of view, but just as a dad point of view. I had this thought when I was just playing with Abigail recently. I thought, you know what? I am a steward of Abigail. He, 
he's her heavenly father, eternal father, forever father. I'm her temporary father. And I realize I'm here and I'm, I'm a steward of this wonderful child. And you can apply that to relationships. But what about money, your paycheck, your earnings, your, your whatever, your expensive um, TV in your, in your front room? It all belongs to God. But when it comes to giving, just to help you, so the point of what I'm trying to make, and I'm nearly here, I'm, I'm nearly finished. We've talked about we can all make investments in our future. We can all make investments in other people's lives and give to other people. But the primary conclusion that I want to come to in this message is we should and could and can give to God. And I'll make it easy for you. I'll remind you that God is the owner. You're a steward. So it's not your money you're giving away. So a child has no problem spending mum or dad's money. They have no issue with doing that. You are a child of father in heaven. Have no problem in spending his money and giving his money back to him, which is my third point, and I think the guys at the back, I don't know if we, yeah, we can give back to God. So we can give to our future, we can give to other people, but the conclusion I want to land at right now is we can give back to God. We can. And I'll finish with a testimony. I was bearing all earlier, and I'll bear it all again as I've just kind of just let it all out. <laughs> but in a more positive way. Again, I don't think I told you this, Mum. <laughs> my, my, my first proper job in a supermarket, I got the paycheck. I think it was a brown envelope, so like cash in a brown envelope. I'm sure it was. And I reckon it was about £200 I got for my first paycheck. And I'd made a decision somewhere down the line as a teenager. I'm going to give every penny to church. And I did. I felt so awkward writing that check because I thought, what would the church accountant think when this, you know, this whatever it was, teenager is giving, you know, what I felt was like a massive sum of money to church. I felt awkward about it. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to emphasize a point. That habit, that decision has benefited my future as an adult. I have now got into the habit and absolute joy and privilege of giving. I enjoy that whole process of giving. For me, it's, such, it's like a priority. If you give me my priority list, giving is one of my priorities. Um, not because of what I am, but because of what God has done. Because he is the master. We can give thanks and we can give praise to God because he has given everything to you. So now all we need to do is give back to him. So should we stand to our feet? In a moment, we're going to listen to a, um, a pre-recorded worship video. And you might be thinking, why don't we get the band back up and do another worship song? But I really quite like having one foot in sort of our sort of online world and, and another foot in sort of the in-person. But also what it does is it gives us an opportunity because in the room you can't really sing. It's maybe a little bit tricky as well with it being a video. I want you to think and take the time to reflect. If you're online, you can sing to your heart's content. But I'd still encourage you, those online, to do this practical thing. What one thing are you going to do to change, to improve your finances, to bring your finances together? I'll give you a a couple of examples, then I'll pray, and then we'll show this video. And we can engage in it at various different levels. You might want to have hands in the air and kind of go for it as a normal worship song. You might want to have a moment, um, because it's five minutes long, a moment of reflection with your journal to write something down. But let's, here's a couple of options. You might want to create a budget if you haven't got one. You might want to include saving. You might want to make a plan to be generous to somebody. You might actually want to make an actual practical decision to start giving into church, set up that standing order or adjust your standing order.
You might want to think about what you could do to make a difference to someone else's eternity and then go and do it. It could be pray for someone. You could go and read the Bible for an hour at home as opposed to put the TV on. That's all I'm asking of you today. One thing. And I'm going to pray for you as we do that. And then when I've said amen, we can cue the video. But Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you shed these words about money that frees us. It completely frees us from the expectation that we need to be rich, the expectation that we need to be successful, the expectation that we need to have and have and have more. Thank you, Jesus, that you release us from that. Thank you, Jesus, that you bless us. And it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I pray for everybody in the room, myself included, that we would each find a way to draw closer to you and unify um, our finances, not only with each other, but with you and with ourselves. Help each and every one of us to do something practical today, this week, this coming month. In the name of Jesus. Amen.